Welcome to FUNYC, our podcast all about New York City. This is launch week. Mm-hmm. We launched uh, two days ago, we launched our scripted version of this, correct? Yes, finally. I hope everyone listened to it. If not, check it out, F-U-M-Y-C pod. Right, and that's the that's the novel that you wrote that we adapted. Yes, into, it is. Uh, it's an audiobook on steroids is how I like to refer yeah. to it. Bridget Jones joined the cast of Sex and the City. Right, so check that out as well. Now, as part of this universe that we're creating, we're doing an unscripted podcast, which is what this is, focusing on stories of New York City. And from real New Yorkers. Right, and talking about people that pursued their ambitions, their dreams right here in New York, and the old cliche, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. So one, th- so I was thinking about this because our guest today is uh, from, from the world of Broadway and stage, and of the, I don't know if you agree with this, of the EGOT, you know, the Emmy, the Grammy, the Oscar, the Tony, I think the Tony is the by far the most prestigious to get, the hardest to get. I think the commitment to to make it on stage, it's it's actually the area of that that I'm least drawn to from a consumer standpoint. And also... But it's the one I most respect, ironically. Me too, me too. Because I think, oh, I'm going to say something so controversial. I think stage actors just work way harder. Like, I think... You know, also, we've got all these triple threats now. Like, people aren't one-trick ponies. I don't think that's controversial. I think that's a fact. All I don't right, think... Fine. Who's going to debate gonna that? I'm going to say it. Yeah. Eight well. shows a week. We'll get into it with our guest today. So, uh, without, you know, any further ado, introduce our guest. Um, starring currently on Broadway in the revival of Monty Python Spamalot. You might have seen her in Beetlejuice. Spam, 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 spam. <laughs> over the last few years. And also television, uh, New Amsterdam and Bridge and Tunnel. And most, uh, the thing she did last year was The Marvelous, which was the name of that? The, the Amaz- Marvelous Miss Maisel. Marvelous Miss Maisel, where she played Carol Burnett, which I got a lot of people that I grew up with or knew us texting me uh, that I hadn't heard from in a while. Have you seen <laughs> her on that? And I said, I have not, but I will go watch it. So Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer is here. Yay. Thank you, Leslie. Yay. Thank you. For Thanks being guys here. for having me. And in and, and, and interest of full disclosure, I've known Leslie a little while. How did you guys meet? How you, did we meet? You tell the story. I mean, you know, it's so long ago at this point. Tell the story. We met in summer school. That's right. <laughs> Summer them? school. Like in an American. No, no, no. Oh, like, no, like some okay. legit summer yeah. school in Livingston, like New Jersey. Like delinquent children <laughs> like, summer school. Okay. At the yeah, we we but how old were we? I was thinking about that last night. I think okay. I was going into sixth grade. Yeah, I was still riding my pink bike home. So I was riding it was, my Huffy 10 speed. So I was maybe fifth grade. Yeah. And you were there for what subject? Was it math? Oh, it's totally math. Yeah. I don't know if we were in the same class or not. I don't remember. No. I, remember I can't I, imagine you being in a class for math. Yeah, no, my mother sent me. I had gotten like a C plus that yeah. year. I don't know why I went, but it was like our parents sent us to summer school. I don't, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't even know how the decision was I'm made. I'm really confused about summer school. Yeah. So in England, summer school is just where you just like play and eat snacks. This no, is like no. extracurriculum. No, this, no, this is, is like, like school, but in the summer. You oh, fucked up depressing. during the year, and now right. you got to go during the summer when everyone else is having fun for a period of time. Right. Wow. You have to go with the teachers that also get hired to do summer school with all the delinquent kids you us being two of them uh and redo whatever we did and try to get better grades right my mother referred to as a a refresher but uh (laughs) oh god what a nightmare but yeah so that's where we met Mm -hmm. uh she did not like me very much it was mean it was mean were you a bully uh just like no not a bully not like bully but just like yeah, he's a bit like that now. Yeah, he's like, you know, yeah. it's just a little, like... Rough around the edges. Leave me alone. So did you guys, were you both 
in the arts like continuously together? No, 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 no. Then we went to, then we wound up in the same high school. And we knew each other in high school. Uh, we're a year apart. But let's not get to there yet. But no. Because I was thinking about this, because I've known, again, that's like a long, long, long time. Long, long time. Um, but I don't, there's, things, there's a lot I don't know about you. Really? Yeah. Again, I felt the same way. The main thing I don't know <laughs> about you that I'm really curious about is yeah. how you got started doing live performing and singing and oh. uh, performing. I don't know what, that story. Um. Well, I started off, like, playing classical piano first. Like, my dad was like had been a musician but not like like he played like wedding bands and stuff like that but then he like became an accountant it wasn't like a thing um so I started off just like studying piano like everybody else and I was really good at it but I was like by the time I it wasn't the track I was going on and I just started like elementary school middle school doing the plays and stuff and it was like oh she's kind of like I love doing it but it wasn't like I had parents that were going to drive, you know, where we grew up, it's 30 minutes or so outside the city. It wasn't like I had stage parents that were like, well, this kid's going to go somewhere and like drove me in the city. So it wasn't until high school, maybe middle school, but really high school that I was like, oh, I want to do theater like this is. Is that right? It was not until, it wasn't until high school that it was, so became like a decision. thing. I did. I stopped studying piano seriously at 13. I was like, this is not for me because it was very strict. I had won competitions. I played Carnegie Hall when I was nine years old. I, I, you know, I was pretty serious. And I was like, this is not me. Like, I belong up and in front of this thing, you know, or it's just not, it's not me. And there weren't people at the time that played and sang and were funny. It, there weren't those kind of people. So well, it was Kermit the Frog. Correct. <laughs> that was basically all there was. Exactly. Was. So uh, then in high school, I was like, oh, I auditioned for the plays and, the musicals and I got in them like I made sets for one I was in the ensemble for the other and then it wasn't until like I was 16 that I started studying voice and then that became like a whole thing but when did you know you could sing um when I was actually very young I mean if anybody out there knows who Linda Ronstadt is Linda Ronstadt came out with three with three albums that were arranged by Nelson Riddle and, and they were big you know, uh, sentimental reasons what's new and um lush life and I think on a vacation to Maine, we played all those tapes for all those hours in the car. And I started singing along with them. And my parents were like, oh, she can sing. And I remember singing along to them and knowing that I could sing, knowing it was something I liked to do. And that was very young. I was like 10. But it wasn't until later that I was like, oh, this, until I got to high school that I was like, oh, I do this. And then started really taking it seriously. And then um, did some community theater a little bit when I was 16 and then like did big um, sort of things they have in our state called all Eastern and all all Eastern all state choir where I was like with the best singers in the state and the best singers on the East Coast. And then I was like, well, I'm going to school for musical theater. This is what I love. That's what I listen to a lot. Of, I mean, I also listen to Pearl Jam and everything else right. that we were listening to. But really, that's that's what excited me. And I was like, well, everyone else is going to college for normal shit. And I'm just I'm going to do theater because that's what I loved. And I found the theater group in my high school, which we can talk about. I just went back to the high school was to talk Eric to the it? theater kids. No, no Erica's no. Eric was. And also, <laughs> like, it was different friend group, different. I mean, we interacted so you in were high cool school and Eric wasn't. I wasn't actually cool. Probably Eric was cooler than me. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a toss up. I, think. I was in the theater group. I was like, I I could be cool. So uh, anyway, that's I went to school and I wound up pursuing it and seriously. And then here we are. Like, so you're in school. high school now. I don't remember. Here's the thing that again, another thing I was thinking about. 
we all kind of knew, like, you know, the best player on the basketball team, the best athlete, you know, we knew you were the best singer, mm-hmm. like the best performer. But I don't remember, like, did you do the high school musicals? I did. I did Chorus Line. I was, I, I was remember controversy in- about one of them, but I couldn't remember. Oh, West Side. Well, West Side Story was our senior year, and I felt at that point I was owed something. And I wanted to play Maria. If anyone knows West Side Story, there's yeah. the, the best two parts. Well, the only two big female parts are Maria and Anita. And I wanted to play Maria, and I was hell-bent on it. I was like, I kind of got shafted during high school with, like, The Wizard of Oz. It wasn't Dorothy. You know, like, high school's so mm-hmm, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I only want to audition for Maria. And they were like, are you sure you don't want to audition for Anita? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. I only want this. Like, at 17, who does that? Um, and then they didn't cast me at all. So my friends played those parts, yeah. and um, yeah, I was like, I already was turning down roles. Yeah, I remember like we're, I was still working in town at the at the video library. Yep. And, um, and I remember like hearing about like, yeah, Kritzer didn't make didn't didn't make the show, and I was like, that can't be right. No, I Kritzer, mean, that, Kritzer just not... said a big yeah. f you. Yeah. 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 But yeah that, that tracked. That part tracked, but you not making the show made no sense to me at no. all. I mean, I when I think about it as an adult now like a high schooler turning down a role, like what? Okay, so moving into college here. I got into college, Because you, yeah. can't, you can't just, like how the hell did you get into, because you went to conservatory, right? I went to conservatory, yeah. In Cincinnati, if I remember. Cincinnati, yeah. Okay, so you have to audition for that. Yeah. And I would assume you have to have some kind of resume for that as well. No, I mean, you're 17, right? So you're going into college, just like any other college for a specialty right. thing. So you have to audition. And you have to have decent grades, which I did. But don't they look did. at your transcript and yeah. say, like, you weren't in the senior show and question, how no. did you not? No. no. You have to write an essay. You have to audition. It's talent, right? Because you can't, it's uh, it's like anything else, I guess. You're If you are applying to college to be, you know, whatever, whatever, like extracurricular things help. Like if you're in the debate club or whatever, you know, it wasn't like I wasn't in shows, but my being in the senior show wasn't contingent upon me like getting right into school. The most important thing was the audition, being very prepared, which I had to like had certain requirements and I, you know, um, had to hire someone to help me learn the music and like put it together. It was very specific. Do you remember what you auditioned with? I do. Um, um, somebody somewhere, which is from the musical Most Happy Fella, I believe. And Wherever He Ain't, which I think is for Mac and Mabel. Mm-hmm. I didn't know those songs or those musicals. And by the way, like, I wasn't a musical theater ner- like nerd. I still am not. Like, I don't know all the musicals mm-hmm. and all the things of all time. I just like what I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I did that. I had to have a transcript. I had to fly to Cincinnati and audition. So I remember my mom and I flying out there and staying in some random hotel. And that's how it worked. It was really right. based on the auditions. Um and my grades were not good. Like, I didn't have a high SAT score or anything like that. Um, and Cincinnati was right. a top three schools for musical theater. So I was lucky I got in. Well, again, I think luck, that's, you know. They saw something and debatable. I Debatable. I certainly think it's talent. Yeah. Again, everyone in town knew um, that that made sense when that happened. But so before we move on from that, so I, a lot of the questions I get from people, and I think you get, we've talked about this because, you know, um, is people want to know, like, getting their kids into musical theater. And they hear their kids singing around the house from the back of the car, and now they're going to be theater parents and and push them into it. And your advice for that is what? It's so different now because there's so much more access to training. And, like, like growing up, we had, like, 
French Woods and Stage Door Manor, which cost a million dollars to go over the summer. What? I went to French Woods. You did not. I did. Yeah, but for like... I went to the sports side. What Correct. Secret yeah. rich kid? Correct. Am I just like no, but now? But French Woods, it, it seemed expensive. I did go to summer It was super camp. expensive. It was very expensive. Super expensive. expensive. But, um... That's I, how bad my parents wanted me gone. They just were they willing to pay whatever gone. it took to get yeah, me Yeah, if they gone. have the money to have us gone, they're, we're out of there. Yeah. Um, wait, so what did you ask me? So to, the advice so, to parents. Yeah, parents uh, pushing their kids into this. I mean, uh, personally, looking back, I'm glad that my parents didn't do that because it is so, it's so much, if you want to be like a stage parent, you got to, you have to realize you're signing up for another job. Right. In order to pursue that, if you really, really want to go down that route and have your kid audition and do all the things, you have to, it's a second job. Um, it's not just about like, oh, let's just see. It's a full commitment if you want to go all the way with it. Right. Um, and the kids don't have a normal life. They are, you know, let's say, for instance, some of these kids that I know that have been on Broadway, it's exciting and they all love and it's fun. But, you know, they're, they go to school during the day. They sometimes have tutors in between shows on the weekends. Their life is is very specific, and it's not always normal. Um, some of them would disagree with that. Some parents may be listening and going, well, that's not really how it worked for my kid. I just, I'm kind of glad that my parents didn't do it because I had a normal high school life, had normal. I was able to experience it very similar to how everyone else was, exp well, how everyone else was experiencing it, except I just did it in school. I think if you want to get your kid involved now, like take lessons, do it, you know, have them involved in school. Like I was just in my high school yesterday. Now they have a theater department, Eric. Like they have a legit yeah. theater department. Um, they, they really are investing in that program, which is great. So the kids that are there when I started like blossoming into it, they're taking it seriously and they're taking those kids seriously. Um, also whether or not they go into it or not, it's just a great experience. Right. But yeah, I think, you know, there's so much, there's so many training things available for kids now. Um, and there's great teachers out there. But, you know, I always say, like, kind of let them have a normal right. life, expose them to it, bring them to shows. Everything is so different now that we have the Internet. But, like, you know, and I've taught many kids. I've, I've taught them in big workshops and big camps, um, it, depending on where you live. Though, right? depending they on they need to want it, though. Like, like they, they're going to get burned out. Kid, it's hard. It's hard, right? Well, and it's so, very hard. Like, if you have a kid who's eight years old, nine years old, it's like, mommy, mommy, or daddy, I want to do this. Like, I really want to do this. It's really up to you as a parent if you want to sign up for that. But you right. are signing up for a full-time job as a stage parent. Um, and you have to want to be around all the other stage parents and deal with the schedule and the driving and the auditioning and the heartache. Um yeah, and agents direction. and all of that stuff. And they need to be more this and that. Kids are already growing up with so much stuff now and ex being exposed to, you know, so much pressure. I, I kind of can't imagine it. But I don't have kids. And if I had a little girl that I thought or a little boy that like was so, I mean, maybe I'd be like, you know what? I know the ropes. Like, let's try. Right. You know. So going back to college now. Yeah. Cincinnati. Was it mm -hmm. always with the goal of doing musical theater? Or did you just want to act? Like, what was the end goal at that point at well, 18, 19? Once you're in the musical theater track there, it's, you're, I mean, we were studying dance, we were studying acting, we were studying um, voice um, and stagecraft and all the other things to understand and appreciate all elements of what it takes to put on shows, which I loved about school. Right. Um, we had to, you know, take costume, we had to do, take makeup, like, and that transfers into 
you know, television and film also. It, it's all the same. It's all this, all those people started in those programs, you know, right. and graduated if they wanted to work in television or film. It's all the same stuff, really, um, different medium. So, yeah, I think um, I there's a part of me that, of course, wanted to pick up, and we've talked about this before, and go to L.A. and be part of the Groundlings and get on SNL or just do straight-up comedy. Um, but as I just kept progressing in, and, and that actually maybe happened more when I graduated, but once you're in that track and you're with, you know, there's, we started with 24 people in my freshman class and graduated with 12. Right. And you're in like a, a conservatory in a 30,000 student university, but 500 student conservatory, you are, it's like you're living, breathing and eating, you know, um, this craft all the time. So, and you're in a competitive environment where you're like, you are the best of the best and you're going to go to New York and you're going to pursue this. And, you know, if you come through this four years without being cut, which a lot of people were cut because they didn't think they were, the faculty didn't think they were good enough and they cut you loose, you're going to make it. And that's where we were trained to think that we were the best and we trained to be the best. And that's... Because you graduate college in what, 99? 99. You got through in four years. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Not bad. Not bad for a, you know, average student. You got through in four years. It wasn't no, it wasn't any choice. Like, it was not like you get fall back a year. You kind of just, like, get kicked out. Oh, is that, you had to get through in four? No, there's no Well, yeah, there's option. no, like, there's no, like, you leave. Like, it's so, it's either you're going to do this or you're not. And they, we had to do these juries where they would eliminate us. So, like, right. sophomore year, four or five people from my freshman class initially, like, they got cut. Wow. It's like a squid game. Yeah, exactly. And you'd have to, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was tough, but it also like prepared you to like be. Yeah, that's a real world lesson right there. Do you know anyone who was cut who's still in the game? Uh, A friend of mine became a manager, uh, casting and then manager. Now he's a manager. Another one. um, No, a bunch of the other ones. No, all did different things. Oh, that makes me sad. And some of them left on their own. Oh, okay, okay. But no, a lot of them, and they're, like, they're really happy, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah. not an easy life. But so no, you come no, back, no. you graduate, you yeah. come right back to New York, right? Come right back to New York. Right back to New York. and Get an agent right away. And that's it. You're going to set out and you're going to you're That's gonna it. Conquer. Living in a hellhole on 45th and 10th. And that yeah. right. happened for you? What? You, like, came back, got an agent right got away. Got an agent, my senior showcase, got an agent right away. Moved to Hell's Kitchen. Moved to Hell's Kitchen, a shitty apartment with a... I don't know what who that actually no I'm still in touch with him now. Um this guy who's like a little weird but he's a nice guy. But it was kind of like I lived in a closet. Um but it was great. You know, I had mm-hmm. many different temp jobs. I remember rollerbl- rollerblading to 59th and Lex to my temp job. I worked for an investment banker. Like I did anything and anything, like everything to stay afloat and um But at yeah. some point you you book your first gig. Mhm. For musical theater, which is how long after you're back in New York? Not that long. I, I booked Godspell off-Broadway with another classmate of mine and a bunch of people who now, like, you know, everyone knows them. Some of them right. are on TV and whatever, but that was 2000. Yeah, that was yep. a tremendous show. I saw that mm-hmm. one once or twice. And, and I temped during the day and did that show at night. Right. At some point, though, you stopped making a living doing anything other than theater. For the most part, I did odd jobs, like, in between, but yeah, I think, I think it was like, I got a big gig and right before 9-11, then 9-11 happened. And then I got regional theater gigs and more and more regional theater gigs. And I think when I went on tour, 
from the time I went on tour in 2003, 2004, from then on, I kind of didn't stop working and didn't have to necessarily have a day job of any kind or side. And I also like, I think started coaching, but stuff like that. But yeah, I think from tour on, I finally, like I, I got off a tour. I booked my first Broadway show and then I booked my another show and then let's blah, not blow blah, blah, through blah, that. Blah. So let's talk no, 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 your, but your that's, first Broadway that's show was what? Hairspray. Hairspray. Yeah. So you book Hairspray. You'd been in what, six years at that point, I think. Yeah. So I booked it when I, 2007, 2006. No, no, no. 2000. I was five. I was like 26, 27. Had you seen the original movie Hairspray growing up with like Divine or were you? No. Really? So no. you just went straight into the show knowing the like yeah. musical version? Yeah, because I was on tour and I got a call from my agent. You have two auditions, one for Avenue Q, one for Hairspray to replace your college um, classmate, Shoshana wow. Bean. So she had booked her first Broadway show, which was Hairspray. Then she was leaving. I kind to of go fit. to Wicked. Did she go on to Wicked? Or she was that... did go on to Wicked uh, later. She oh, was okay. pursuing her music career stuff first. Um, like a year or two after that, she went to Wicked. But uh, I replaced her, and we look similar. We're brunettes. Um, we're short, petite. I fit like this the prototype. Right. And she covered three roles. I'd have to cover three roles in the show and do the ensemble track. So it was perfect. It, like I slipped right in there, and it was fun because we. But we've known each other since we were 17, so it was kind of cool. But, yeah, that's that's when that happened. Right. When I was 26 or 27 or something. So you like so you get back, you're at it for about four or five years, and then you, you get on the Broadway. Yes. So it's not uh, an overnight No. Thing. And I had many awesome. disappointments, many, I mean, you know, wanted to quit eight million times, and that never sort of ends ever. Like, you always are thinking, man, can I get out? Can I get out? And um, then I'd book a job, you know, or then I'd get an audition and I'd book a job. And um, What was the closest you ever actually came to just saying the hell with it and done? Uh, not too long ago, actually. Like, I feel like I was toying with the idea of going back to school for social work um, just because of my experience with my mom and, and being a caretaker. Not, not too long ago. I think during the pandemic, I was like, yeah, maybe I'm really? going to get out of this. It's funny. I know a big actress who did that like she was the one of the original fussy girls and now mm -hmm. she works in social work because she yeah. just wanted to like you know give back a little yeah. bit and also like I have the talent to do other things so um I'm very good with people you I mean as you're in this business like you both you know mm -hmm. we, we know how to deal with people we know how to deal with personalities and we know how to problem solve and I was I understood certain things and maybe not necessarily dealing with elderly but like I was like oh maybe I could just do something else and I don't have to be uh, hustling to like, you know, buy me, you know, like it's right. more, what can I use my skills as an actor and mm -hmm, a performer to, to like help people? Yeah. But then I got another job. Right. <laughs> then another job popped up. Always, so. always another job. Were any of your like regional experiences crazy? Or do you remember like, what would, do you have any crazy stories of like shows you've done where they were just completely catastrophic and hysterical? Um, I I don't I mean like God my memory I feel like is so fuzzy like I was no I just there are always a blast every what about regional, auditions any kind auditions? of like auditions that have just gone you know I have a story I have an audition story from her that I tell all the time which one all the time which one so we, we knew each other back in the day a little bit and uh, she was auditioning for the boy from Oz oh yes and she oh my god she was gonna play Liza Minnelli oh and my god. 
she did the makeup. I saw her in the makeup and then cast the whole thing. Jeez. And she does the voice. She can do lies. I'm not going to put her on the spot here to do it. But she does an amazing. I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. <laughs> she does an amazing Liza <laughs> Minnelli. And she, I saw her on, like, I think on the way to the audition. And I was like, well, that's, she's going to get that. I mean, she looked just like her. She sounded just like her. And she did the audition. And I think you crushed it, right? I did, but I was in a room full of, like, we all had to wear, like, leotards. It was, like, the craziest audition. Yeah. And full of, like, some fussy dancers and other dancers, mm. and the choreographer was such an asshole. But what was the note you got back why you didn't get the role? I was not uh, tall enough. Right, you were too short. It was too short to star opposite Hugh Jackman. And my friend Stephanie Block booked it. Yeah. And I just did her podcast not too long ago, but she was tall. Yeah. So that was always a thing. I was, I've always been short. Now it's to my advantage. Being short is great. And, yeah. Um, but... But I remember that and I was like, you've got to be shitting me. And I tell that one a lot. That's the one I tell, you know, when I meet people or kids that are auditioning for stuff and they're upset they didn't get it. I'm like, listen to this story. Listen to I've, this. I've always yes. jumped through hoops with auditions. Like when I audition, I go all the way. TV and film too. Like, uh, you know, with television especially, you have to look a certain way. You have to everything um, you kind of have to go for, it. especially if you're playing some very specific. Um, but then you did. So she does Funny Girl off Broadway. Yeah. Which again, a phenomenal. paper mill. Every yeah. time. I mean, that was supposed to go to Broadway. It didn't. Right. That's 9/11. a whole disappointing story. But tell the, uh, if again, I put you on the spot, but it's such a good story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Liza, Liza story. Comes yeah. So Liza. To see funny girl. Okay. So that's so funny. You were there for that. Liza, uh, Liza Minnelli came with Sam Harris. And for people who don't know Sam Harris, like back in the day on Star Search, he was like the big, big deal. What was that? The 80s, I think, when he was a big deal. That but sounds about right. anyway, they come. Long story short, I don't believe that she's at the show. The chorus boys are like, no, 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 she's here. And I'm like, no, she's not. Like, she's not here. We get done with the show. They're like, Liza Minnelli's here. She wants to meet you. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, are you serious? Like, And I, like, look like an idiot. Like, I was dressed like, I don't even know what I was wearing. I was wearing the weirdest outfit. I look at that picture and I'm like, you, wow. Um, and I met her and so we're backstage and, like, everyone's, like, taking pictures. And she goes, I just... You know, I go, what are you doing here? She goes, I'm here to see you. And and she, and then I was like, uh, I was like, she goes, I've just never seen anybody work so hard. <laughs> Which is not a compliment. <laughs> and uh, and then um, she's like, uh, um, and she goes, do you want to go out for a Coca-Cola? And I was like, okay. okay. Like, what am I going to say? No. So then um, she's like, I'll meet you out back. And so, like, I get my stuff. I'm like, oh, what the hell? I go around. She's, like, sitting on the stoop with, like, if anyone knows what acrylic nails are, when you put acrylic nails, they're long and they're unpainted, and then your manicurist cuts them, and then whatever. She had the long, unpainted, uncut <laughs> acrylics, smoking a cigarette in the back porch. Like, if I could capture that moment, like, the moon's out. I was like, Liza Minnell is literally waiting for me. <laughs> we go into the restaurant. We sit down. Waiter comes over. What would you like? She goes, I'll have a Coca-Cola. And I say... I'll, I'll have a diet. She goes, why do you drink diet? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And I lied. I was like, because I didn't know what to say. I was like, well, when I was younger, you know, my mom didn't want to give me a lot of sugar. And she goes, it made me hyper. And she goes, well, you want to sit by mine? We can get hyper together. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just gave me notes and you want to cheat out. All notes, by the way, as an actor, are incredible notes. Can you share some of those notes? Yes. She's like, you know, you don't want to sing in profile. We want to see your face. So she would like, She's like, it was showing me, basically, if I'm in profile the whole time, I should cheat out because the audience is watching half of me. They can't see my whole, mm. my eyes. 
you know, they, and it's, you know, your angles are important and what you're saying is important and all these different things. And my co-star came over who played Nikki Arnstein and she was like, he's like, oh, it's so nice to meet you, Mr. Miss Minnelli. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, just, you were fabulous. And he walks away and she's like, what do we think of him? <laughs> and meanwhile, this guy's like way older than me. I have a boyfriend. I'm like, no, like, no, it's not like that. And then, you know, she gave me, and I didn't get the chance to ask her about her mom. I'm actually a huge fan of Judy Garland mm, me more too, than me her. Um, I love Lorna Loft, actually, but that's another story. And who's wonderful also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then right as I'm going to ask her some questions about herself, um, she says, you know, I never thought of Barbara once, and uh, I think you're one of us now. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And then she goes, how did we get on the New Jersey turnpike? <laughs> <laughs> and gets up and starts walking out, and I literally helped her get into a minivan. I, like, gr- grabbed Liza Minnelli's ass and Mm. propped her up because she had just had hip surgery. And then they drove off and I was like, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Great. Great great story. And thank you for telling it. Yep. Years later, and this is, again, I'm not going to go into all things because this is all about you today. Um, I worked as a teamster, I've mentioned before, driving actors on, on a law and order uh, vehicle. And I wound up having to drive Liza Minnelli. That's right. For four days. So I spent four days in a van with Liza Minnelli, and she is everything you want her to be. That's right. But that note, I just thought of it because that note about making sure you're not in profile, she would just burst in the song as I was driving. Just really? like, oh, yeah, on the highway, going out the oh line. She would just burst into a number, but always would turn towards me to sing it. Would never sing staring at the— No uh, way. Yeah, always right at me. Never would Did sing. Did she ever be like, you're really handsome, Eric? She gave me a, a prolonged kiss goodbye. Oh. I'll say that. <laughs> on my cheek because I she was coming right at me and I turned and then she grabbed me by the neck and it was a lot whispering my in my ear the whole thing yeah she Stop took it. off all her nails her stockings she like undressed in the front seat with me it was quite a yeah again it's a good story I'm not gonna tell because we're not here for that but yeah I've had my own uh, moment with Liza and, I didn't know that oh yeah yeah we never told that there no oh it's a whole story I'll tell you oh it's a whole oh thing oh my god we drove home in the pissing rain and she's like a, next to me like white knuckling the seat screaming. Every time we hit a puddle. Holy so shit. it's me and Liza who's whacked out on painkillers and the stuff. Yeah, the she surgeries. was whacked. And every time we hit a puddle, screamed and just screamed oh in like God. 45 minutes of that. And then we got back and that's what she hung me. You saved my life. I love you. I love you. She was crazy. And then, yeah, it was it was a lot. She was with David at the time. Yeah, like, David. Uh, oh, my God, all the stuff. So, but I would say Liza is like, you know, a good example of somebody who just got kind of chewed up and spit out and she's she, not appreciated anywhere near. No, and I think very be. unfortunately, no. she's. I don't even want to say it, but I don't, think she's, I don't think she's doing great. And she's on, uh, you know, people probably put her on those lists, you know. Yeah. yeah. We know what I mean, those I lists are. Liza, Liza with a Z. Really loves her. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen yeah. Liza with a Z. Unbelievable. Watch it and appreciate it. She is an absolute force of nature. And that was directed by Bob Fosse, yeah, right? Yeah, she's. I mean, she's incredible in that. So, so, so we're having some fun talking stories about Liza, but she yeah. is, I mean, to be respected a lot more than I think she is. But uh, so going back to you and your career, mm-hmm. now you, you've done the regional theater, you've done Hairspray. So what is the first vehicle like where you're, you know, a, kind of like the star of a Broadway show? Um... Honestly, now. 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 You don't count Beetlejuice. No. I mean, really? people can count I mean, Beetlejuice, but it's I'm not. You it. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I like, uh, yeah. you know, technically, I've done, you know, I've re- I've done a bunch of Broadway shows original, like Legally Blonde was original, and I replaced in Something Rotten, and I was original in Beetlejuice, and, you know, Sondheim and Sondheim, and 
Catered Affair, I actually did. Catered Affair, I starred in Catered Affair, but, you know, Faith Prince really was the leading star that I was supporting. I've had some great parts, but Beetlejuice probably was one of the big ones. And then the one I'm doing now, Spamalot, I mean, Lady of the Lake is... Is this a dream role for you? Is this, like, one of your dream, dream roles? Well, like we were talking about before, Mm -hmm. right? Most people that have played Lady of the Lake are tall and sort of a certain type. Yep, yeah, you've got I, Hannah Waddingham. Yeah, but, you know, you look at women like that. They're tall. They're statuesque. They, they look mm-hmm. a certain way. When I got to the city and I, pl- I saw it 20 years ago um, when it was on Broadway, I didn't even think twice about that part being something I would do just because literally you come, you're a certain type. You're either that type or you're not. So now when I walk up to work every day and I see that poster, I'm like, wow, I'm that girl. It's wild. And I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, I wear five-inch heels in the show, but <laughs> oh, I, oh yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and I can walk in them, but you know, it's, this is, this is the one, this is the one for me where, and also the reviews and I read all reviews because I find it interesting. Um, I've never gotten reviews like this in my life in any show where across the board, it's like the best reviews of my career. So I, I would say generally, again, I don't, I've read some of the stuff over the years. You generally get pretty good reviews. Yeah, I get pretty good reviews. But What's the you, worst one you've gotten? I think someone called me a turkey once. <laughs> turkey? Really? A turkey? Yeah. Or the, you know, you know, you never like, it's not even bad, but when they say she's underused, I've gotten she's underused a lot, which is not a nasty review. It's just like another reminder that you're never, you know, you're always not the star. You're never not the, the lead, which, by the way, I don't really care about being the star. I just want to do good material and be able to do what I do. Right. Um, I kind of like being an ensemble group. Um, you know, it kind of makes me nervous if it's like just me. Um, but yeah, most of my reviews are great. I've been very lucky. But this. Yeah, there's that word again. I hate that word lucky. Come well, on. You're super talented. Just no, I know. No, I am. I am <laughs> super talented. But look, how many times have we seen people who who are super talented, who got great reviews, who have made incredible films or incredible TV shows and they haven't been recognized or they haven't been given their due. Like, you know, like Scorsese, I always think of Scorsese. He wasn't given his due for a long time. He wasn't given his Oscar, but everybody in the world thought he was... Well, and well, Robin Williams, but he, but he won an Oscar. He won a few, right? I think it was sporting people like a David Sturstarin or um, a Robert Patrick, or like that. uh, Or uh, Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. Come on. He, yeah, that's... Uh, you know, he top. just Odenkirk. found out, Odenkirk, he just found out that he's the 11th cousin of King Charles. Really? Yeah. Well, he's in line. Yeah, I mean, crazy. Charles having some health scares. We'll but see. the girl on that, I'm forgetting her name. She's one of the best actresses of our generation. Rhea Sorn is, is way over. One, I mean... Well, Edie Falco, we could go on and on about this. On forever. and on. But... Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, for me, you know, Edie Falco had Katie her Seagal. moment. That's what I was talking oh, about. Oh, Katie there. Seagal. But, but, you know, it, for me, it's kind of like... Yeah, I have been lucky. The reason when I say luck, I'm I'm I am incredibly talented. I know I know my my gifts and I know I've worked very hard and I'm very competitive and ambitious. But it's also more than that. It's about timing. Cuz I can guarantee well, that's all of life. It's exactly which yeah. is luck. Timing and luck are hand in hand for me. Like Yeah, but you're prepared. What's that old saying like you need to it's, it's When preparation meets opportunity, that's luck. So if you're prepared mm-hmm. for the moment, and you're uber talented. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you get, you're, you know. 
Again, I just I, I I understand what you're saying, and I'm not looking to fight you on it. I'm no. just saying I think it's very sweet, and I appreciate. No, it. No, I'm just saying like you don't you don't work as hard as you've worked, or as a lot of people have worked, and you you finally get your big billboard in Times Square mm -hmm. or whatever. Like that's not lucky. That's that's no. a lifetime of hard work. Well, and you know, I I think like this year it's kind of interesting. You know, I lost my mom in May. And the day after I lost her, thank you. And the day after I lost her, I walked into tech rehearsal for the Kennedy, for Spamalot at the Kennedy Center because we started in D.C. before we moved mm -hmm. to Broadway. And um, talk about timing. I mean, that was exactly where I belonged. And, you know, like. Can we, can we talk about mom for a minute? Yeah, sure. So sure. You're, I grew up, so we grew up, I knew you as Leslie Kritzer. Yeah. You're in my phone as Kritzer. Yes. Um, and forever will be. But right. now you're Wickstrom. Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer. And Not legally, just my just my stage name. Stage name, and that was important to you to change that. Yes. Why? Well, two reasons. When I when I started, well, my mom had been ill for many years. And I always, you know, I always say that I'm Jurican, which is like my Polish Jewish father and my mother who's Puerto Rican. And yet I, you know, look at me. I mean, I'm like, I look like just like a normal white girl, but really. I'm a mix and I and I wanted to honor that and honor my mother and that side of me. So I added her name while I was doing Beetlejuice at the Winter Garden pre-pandemic. And I also was playing Miss Argentina, which is this Hispanic character. And it's like, I don't know, people should know this is who I am. And also, you know, um, my mom will never see me in another Broadway show, which she did not after Something Rotten. She never got to see me in Beetlejuice or anything after that. Um, and I thought it was important. I thought it was important for me. Um, you know, people have had different opinions. They're like, oh, well, maybe you do it to, for this and that. And they can think what they want. Mm -hmm. um, because the parts that I play are the parts that I play. And right. really, yeah, that's not going to change just because I've well, I changed think there's, my name. I, I, the cynicism I get, because in today's world, everybody's trying to, like, hone in on other people's yeah. and, and uh, right. steal, you know, roles that should be going to people of color right. or people with the right background for the, for the part. Um, but that's not at all what this no, was. No, I mean. Nor did you need to. No, I, because look, like, uh, I, Latinx can be represented in many ways. Like, I am Puerto Rican, of right down the middle. Um, and it's really not up to me what kind of parts that I get cast in. It is up to me what kind of parts that I audition for. I'm certainly not going to audition for a struggling mother who's, like, coming over the border from Mexico. And I've gotten those auditions before right. because I have Rodriguez in my name and I, I politely decline. Because right. I said, you know, that's really not what I do. That's not the story you should be telling. No, just because someone wants to check off a box that right. we have hired the right person. Um, that's that's really not what I do. Um, and I'm not interested in, in, in playing, doing someone else's story, right? right. Um, but so my mom, um, my mom passed in May. I took her name during pre-pandemic. I walked right into the show um, and I'm doing the, I think, and when you, you'll see it, I think it's the best work of my career because I feel bold free to create. Statement. It's a bold statement. It is, well, it is because, well, because, yes. well, yeah, so far, because I think I'm able to marry the comedy that I've always wanted to do, mm -hmm. that I can write, that I can create, that I can create every night free. You know, I write different sections of this particular part of the show and I have free reign to do so and that's what I've always wanted to do. Um, and also sing material and sing a way I've, I haven't sung in years, I think, because I'm given the material to sing. Um, and it's really funny and I get to look like a million bucks. Um, and it's just, 
so fun. So I'm writing the material, are you talking about singing and find your grail? And the riff? Camelot. Yeah. So, oh, Camelot. So I rewrote and reconfigured a lot of the show because oh, I was wow. able to, and Eric Idle approved it. He had to approve a oh, bunch amazing. of things. Uh, at first, he didn't understand why I had to do this whole comedy section that I'm doing in Camelot now, which is completely has nothing to do with his writing. But then once he saw the audience reaction, you know, um, he was like, you're brilliant, you're amazing. And I was like, you know, thank you, obviously. But he doesn't write for women. You know, there was no female characters that had any sort of anything mm -hmm. in Monty Python, right. you know. Right. They just exactly. had, like, big tits and they walked around, you know, <laughs> if there were any. So for me... I found that to be like, I was, I was honored that he sort of just said, do what you want. Um, didn't try to cut anything that I, that I wrote or the new jokes that I wrote. And also this, some of the music that I have reconfigured at that to be bigger and higher than anything that was sung in the original. And Hannah like was like, oh my God, like, wow, you're adding all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, cause, cause my thing is if I can't do it the way I want to do it, there's no point. Right. There's no point to hire me. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can't do, I call it the Kritzer spin. <laughs> if if you can't, if I can't put my spin on it, then what's the point? You don't need to hire me because then you can hire someone else to do it exactly how it's done. Right. In in, in re, within reason. So, yeah, I think this to circle back to your thing. This is the moment for me, and this is the one where I think if I ever was up for anything that rhymes with Shmoney, yeah, this, <laughs> this would is be. It. Is that important to you at all? Oh, yeah. It's it important is. to me. Well, you know, you're not supposed to say that, but I've been around long enough that I'm allowed to say it. And well, like, it's honest. Well, and like, you know, you want... Uh, no one goes to the Super Bowl not to win. No one goes to the right. Olympics not to get a medal. You compete. You love. I love competing. It's fun. It's... So it's, going back to my initial point of yeah. the EGOT, the Tony's the one you want. Uh, yeah, just because I've trained my whole this life your, to do yeah. it. And so... For me, when those nominations came out for Beetlejuice and my name wasn't there when I was nominated yeah. for everything else, it was only the first time in my entire career that I expected something. Everybody, Not expected, for, I was like, In fairness, ee. everybody expected. Again, I got on, yes. on, I got text messages. Like, people text me, your career, you know, people we've known over the years yeah. will text me, this is bull, they're yelling at me. I'm like, why are you yelling at me? All the Tony Awards. No, I mean, my husband, my yeah. husband cried. Like, he was, he was, was he joke. was a mess. He, and I was like, just. Yeah, I think everybody was pissed I was, you. And I was like, oh, I should have never expected this. I knew better. And this time around, I don't expect it, but I know with every, every fiber of my being that there is nothing I could have done better. If this, if this year isn't the year that I would get nominated, Okay, because... When do the nominations come out? April 30th. All right, so this will premiere uh, a couple months before that, so hopefully we can cut this this uh, to a reel. And, yeah. And so, uh, it'll be know. foretelling. It'd be nice. It would be nice, but again, also the flip side of that is that even if I got nominated and even if I won, you're always starting over in this business. Mm, that's like over a and over and over. I want to ask you. So yeah. like the FUMYC scripted version is about mm -hmm. a girl, Broadway actress trying to make it on Broadway, just can't seem to catch a break. And so I don't know how to phrase this because, you know, we're not like 20 anymore. No. But like this is your big break and it's happening a bit later. And I don't mm -hmm. know about you, but when I was at acting school, I was like, my big break's going to happen when I'm 21. And, you know, it doesn't always work out that no, way. It doesn't. So what's your advice to like people listening to this episode and, you know, who's not perhaps had their big break yet? Well, I think you can um, you can think of a big break as, uh, in many ways, right? Mm -hmm. It's never one. 
it's for me, it's been a culmination of many, many to me for he, to, for, to make like to, I wouldn't have gotten here if it wasn't for all the big breaks that at the time I thought there, this was the one, this was the one, this mm -hmm. was the one. It's all of those leading up to this moment. So I think it means different things to different people. And I think if you're still, if you still have the drive, if you're still hungry, if you still love it, you got to keep doing it. But if that, if it comes to the point where it's just too hard, fuck it. Don't feel like, and you know what? Mike Birbiglia said this, and I'll never, if you, if you are out there and you want to read this article, it was in the New York Times a bunch, couple of years ago. Why force yourself to keep doing something because you've done it so long and you feel like you don't want to give up, but if there's something else that maybe might make you happy, you know, this career is never going to make you happy. It's not, that's not what it, does but if you love it and understand it and keep going you can possibly get what you want there's just no guarantee but that article really spoke to me because I was like oh I can give up if I want to and that's okay I think a like, lot of people get so deep and it's all they know and it's and it it mm -hmm. becomes who they are completely yes that's the way that's that you they make can. a lot of sacrifices like yeah. as a performer you make yes. like I have so many friends my age who have like who you know I'm not saying you need to choose between one or the other because you can have it both but you know, like people miss having kids or yes. miss settling down in relationships because they're driving to like Washington DC well, to audition for a always, car commercial. It's always the show. Always... The gentleman you were talking about earlier with the with the um, with Funny Girl, mm -hmm. um, the, the man who played. Oh, I'm forgetting. Uh, uh, such a lovely, Bob Cuccioli. Yeah, a lovely man. Yeah, but very I remember nice. him telling me, "If my wife drops dead tomorrow and I have a show." I'm not going to the funeral. And I was like, well, well that's, that's dedication, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's I walked, something. I walked into tech rehearsal the day after my mother died. Right. And because that's, that's where I belonged. Yeah. And that's... She'll must go felt, on. It's not a, It's not just cliche. It's completely no. true. The, so yeah. we're going to wrap up in a second here. But so uh, it's now February 22nd. You will be... You're starring Lady Lake, and I can't wait to see it. It's going to be amazing. It's yeah. Where's Pamela on? It's on Broadway at the St. James Theater. Right. So how, uh, and if people want to catch you in that show, how long do they have to do that? Um, I think we're pretty open-ended through maybe the summer. So, yeah, right. come and see but us. Don't wait. Go see her. She's no, don't wait. Come see us. Amazing. It does always, it really, it's, it's amazing. Every time you sing, it amazes me. Oh. Because, again, you need to know uh, know her. She, she is very small in stature. <laughs> but the sound that comes out of this woman is huge and yeah. it's it's always amazing so this i'm really curious you're saying this is the biggest you're going biggest 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 so and i've seen you go pretty big before no this is this is this is next level for me even for me and i trained pretty hard to be able to do it consistently and i have been i mean people come to see the show and i'm not bragging it's it like i i asked a friend i go should i be offended that people say this but they go how are you doing that eight shows a week like really mm -hmm. leslie like yeah. really how are you doing it and i'm like does it sound okay? Because it's okay, but yeah. I've trained for it to be, to sound like that. Um, so I, you know, I, I mean, want to give a shout out to Joan Later, my voice teacher, because without her, Joan Later. That. So we've got like eight minutes here left with you. Um, so you're still, real quick, you're still doing vocal lessons, which every I think Thursday. people need to understand. Every Thursday. Every, every Thursday, Thursday at four o'clock. Unless, Starting like, on Broadway. Starting on Broadway. Show, I will be there Thursday. Times Square billboards. You're yep. Still doing vocal lessons. Every, every, every Thursday. Thursday, and she keeps me in line. So and it's I a lifelong pursued at least for this everything. show for this show i have to be there because i want to know and i'll be very transparent i've been vocally injured before um which is terrifying mm. um and i am also older so i can't just you know wing it um 
I can kind of wing it, but not wing it, you know, right. not, and I have to take care of myself a certain way. So yeah, Joan Later is one of, is the only voice teacher that's ever been given an honorary Tony Award. And she is responsible for a lot of major, major singers' um, career and vocal health and rehabilitation. She rehabbed me through um, two injuries. So she knows me and she keeps me in line and I feel safe to do the show when I know I see her every week. So I have a check-in and she, it's like being an athlete, you know, you have, yeah. you have to kind of go, okay, am I getting in bad habits so that, you know, you don't uh, injure yourself. And then, so real quickly, what's, so I know Spamlot's open-ended, it's, it's gone or it'll be yep. totally Tony, Tony nominations. See you sooner than later because we do not. Yeah. It's never guaranteed. Right. It's just such a fun show. People should oh. absolutely go and see so what's, what's You're going to laugh. Looking your ass ahead, off. what's after? What do you think you're going to do after Spam a lot? Um, take a vacation. Uh, maybe take a vacation. <laughs> I'd like, obviously, I, I would love to do more television, but um, I never think of myself as doing movies, but I'd love to do movies. Like the people that I love when I see them do movies, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. But right. um, definitely more television. And I think. Um, yeah, I don't really plan too much. I kind of just always, go... always Patty Lapone more the focus than Meryl Streep, right? Like that's always been the. Uh... Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I no. just the next I don't chapter. know. You want to do it all, and that's okay. I do want to do it all, yeah. and I, I, um, I don't always have to to sing to feel like fulfilled. I've never mm. felt that way. Yeah, I, I like that. to do, and I also like time off. I like to just be normal and just be normal, and then go and do the job. Hang out with Eric. I've yeah, never, sure. I've never done you be that normal, which is a good thing, but uh, decompress. I'm an actor, say. so there it How is. How can I be fully normal? So we have some uh, questions. We're asking all of our guests here that are appearing, so it's kind of just uh, real quick, best of New York type questions. Oh, God. So Leslie Kritzer, what is your favorite movie set in New York City? Goodfellas. That, that was is, your favorite movie. It's my number well, one I'll favorite be. movie of all time. It Lorraine is. Brocco. I'm wearing a Lorraine Brocco sweatshirt. It is also my number one movie of all time. It's my yeah. number one movie of all time. You know, we, we grew up uh, in North Jersey. Yep. It's kind of ingrained in our DNA. Both Sopranos fans. Huge. Hardcore. Well, we grew up in Soprano land. Yeah. Where are you from? I say, you've seen hardcore. Sopranos? That's where I'm from. Um, we actually, I, I, I don't think I, you lived on this. We lived on the same street for a little while. We did? Dougal Avenue. Oh, Dougal Avenue. That was in my first house. That was no, the second. Yeah, because yeah, so, your mom lived on my street, too. Right. So, yeah, we kind of come from the same. So that yeah. makes a lot Jack of sense. Jack Lones. Mm -hmm. Jack, they're out. They're gone. I know. I drove by it yesterday. It's really sad. It's boarded up. Camaradas is still there. What's your favorite New York musician or band to come out of New York? <sighs> I had an answer for this. Wait, now it's gone. I mean, I love the Beastie Boys. I love Billy Joel. Paul's going to be jumping up and down. I know, because he, well, to be fair, because he reminded me, but Beastie oh. Boys is great. I mean, I love Billy Joel. A musician? I mean, Frank Sinatra's technically in Jersey. I know. Yes, Hoboken. It's, it's Hoboken. Let's not get it so twisted. Mm -hmm. We're not giving him up. Um, there was a band, though. There was, well, the, that's my answer. <laughs> that's enough. a good answer. Yeah. Uh, favorite TV show set in New York City? I mean, Seinfeld was pretty great. You're going Seinfeld. Seinfeld is great, great. It, I know there's another one. I know there's another one. There's like a hundred more. I mean, what other shows did I... Everything I grew up with, I don't think like the Jeffersons I love, but <laughs> that's Jeffersons. not... Jeffersons. You know, All with in the Family. Strokes. All in the Family was New York, right? It was Queens. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, uh, you know... Seinfeld's I, great, and I feel like... NYPD Blue is my favorite, but sure, I go. Oh, NYPD Blue, yeah, 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 good, yeah, yeah. That's a good Damn. One. I mean, drama and comedy, it's so hard. There's so many. What's your favorite song about New York City? I love New York, New York. 
And I also love Chelsea by um, Counting Crows. That's a good one. Both. Pulling that one out. That's. Uh, have you heard Chelsea by Counting Ugh, Crows? It's, it's devastating. Like, you know. It's not it's, a happy song. It's not. It's, not, it's an honest song, but oh. I wouldn't say it's <laughs> not a feel-good It's a number. relationship sad song. And then New York, New York's like, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. That's what know? this whole podcast right, is Right, exactly. About. Exactly. Favorite. What's your favorite, like, go-to New York food item? Pizza. Pizza and bagels? Nope. Bagels I got in New Jersey. Salt? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We have better bagels and Livingston, have bagel- New Jersey. Yes, that's true. A hundred percent, I will stand by it. Yes, I would die on that cross. Uh, there's so many pizza places, and I would do, I- I've done a pizza, like, um, I've gotten in my car and driven around to different places in Brooklyn, in New York. I don't remember their names, but... Pizza by by far because there's so many different kinds. Mm. Yep. Um, you have a favorite season in New York? Fall. Fall. 100%. I told you everyone's gonna give that answer. That, the, that's not true. We've Fall is say so beautiful spring. and so romantic. See, I like summer. You do? I, I hate know. summer. This is our conversation. Summer. My least favorite. Get me out of here. Right. Get me <laughs> all the way the hell out of here. It's disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. But isn't that? But you didn't grow up here, so it's kind of like know. she's allowed to say that. Of course, it's her opinion. You say whatever you want. Trick but, or treating's really awkward. But I like that she English. says, "I told you everyone's going to say fall," and then she immediately turns and says, "I like summer." So I guess <laughs> not everyone. Um, it's okay. She's allowed. This I think I know your answer to, but I I'll give you a minute to talk about it if you want. Your favorite charity uh, based in New York City? Um, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Yeah, a hundred percent. There are a couple others that I wish I can get in more involved with, um, but I think Broadway Cares. I've done so much work for them personally, and also. Uh, they're connected to, it was called the Actress Fund. Now it's called the Entertainment Community Fund, which my mom was at the nursing home in New Jersey that they owned that nursing home and she was there and they they protected and took care of her at a time, a very difficult time. Um, so I would do anything for Broadway Cares and I always do. And um, it's very important to our community, but also in general, um, you know, for healthcare, mm-hmm. for um, uh, not just just the community, and it's just a great organization, and they have a lot of events, and I do a ton of them. They are phenomenal. The they are. If you go to our webpage for funycpod.com, there is an entire uh, page on there dedicated to local charitable organizations, and they are certainly there. So yeah. if you want to look up, to look them up and send them some money, they do phenomenal work Amazing. throughout the city. And then uh, last question, unless Emily's got anything else, is uh, closest near-death experience in New York City? You know, I, I when I was looking at this question, I was like... Okay. Honestly, almost getting hit by a bike uh, in, on 42nd, crossing um, crossing the street to go to rehearsal right on 42nd Street between 8th and 9th. Um, no, it's between Broadway and 8th. I almost got, like, inches from me, full speed. I, I probably, I could have fully died if I like, I, I mean, I feel like that was, I'll never forget it. It was terrible. And it happened almost twice, but, um, they're a menace. Was it like a city biker? It's just no, um, um, delivery or oh. like a oh. delivery. Well, they got these assholes on these, uh, motorized bikes now. They're really fun. They're, they're a blast to ride. <laughs> but I stop. They go 25 miles an hour. I know. Mm. I stop. I stop for people. Some people just no. go right by and they do not look, but the, the some of the, and I don't want to like you know, say, oh, these messenger people, the, f- the food delivery people, because they work their ass off, and I know they do. But some people, nor- normal bikes, yeah, they just breeze right by you, and mm-hmm. it's terrifying. The bike lane now is, like, terror. Yeah, but in fairness to the bike guys is the pedestrians are worse. 
Uh, I used to ride a city bike back and forth. Pedestrians are defenseless. No, no, no. Get out of the bike lane. It's there for bike. They just walk That's out why there I'm with their phones. I'm terrified. And, I'm like, yeah. am I in it? Yeah. And now there's all these spaces that are not the bike lane, but they're not the sidewalk. Yep. What the hell are they? It's chaos. It's it's, it's a, like, what is that lane, that extra lane? You know, going down to Penn Station, there's yeah. like an extra mm -hmm. 7 million feet. I'm like, what is happening here? But and people sometimes sit in chairs in it. Yeah, or they like just the delivery like guys out. put their bikes there and they hang out. I'm like, where are we supposed to go? No idea. Um, Hugh Jackman nearly ran me over once on a bike. Really? Yeah. I body slammed into him backstage once. Really? Karma. I mean, boom. He was running up to see Barbara Cook in a dressing room. And a I large man. Bo body slammed him. Uh, yeah. He was oh. like, I'm so sorry. And he was did you very attractive. Did you tell him you were supposed to play Liza and they fucked you Absolutely out of the room? Absolutely not. No, he doesn't care. <laughs> He probably doesn't remember. So, Leslie Kritzer, thank you for being thank here you. for our Thank you both. Thank you. Congratulations on your podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy to be here. For people that want to find you on social media, if, if you want to be found, just how does Leslie that Kritzer. And yeah. that's what on Instagram? On Instagram. I'm not really on Facebook, but Instagram. Twitter? Yeah. No Twitter? X, no, I got out. I don't even do the threads. I can't. I can't be can't, bothered. Can't be bothered yeah, with that. And I'm not on TikTok. I tried. It's it's not for us. I don't think it's for us. No. Although no, it is for it is for adults that really want it. Yeah, I just don't want it. I don't want anything. To do. I don't want it. I, mean, I have an account because I have to. But me too. But I'm not wrong. It's not for me. So really, so Instagram's the Instagram place to find the best you. Place and what's your handle? Just Leslie Kritzer. Just Leslie Kritzer. Yeah. On That's Instagram it. and uh, Lady of the Lake on Broadway. Yeah, Go see this see woman. Us. She's doing big things. And Eric Idle said she's a genius. And that sounds pretty good, even it's though she'd tell cool. you she's lucky, and I would disagree okay. forever. <laughs> That's fine. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you both. for listening. Don't Thank forget you. to follow us on Instagram.